1: If it's from God, there's not confusion and fear around it. You know, it's just like, you know, there, even if you don't understand it and, and just feel like, like that peace with it. All right. Just take another step forward. And something that I do want to point out is like every step of the way, I have been afraid. Mm. None of it has been easy. It's never been comfortable. I am still uncomfortable, (laughs) you know, things still don't always make sense to me. Um, And I think people just, we want to make, we want it to be easy. We want to be able to just like, go ahead and do something, you know, and whether it's in faith or not or whatever, you know, like, even if it is in faith, you can still be afraid and still make that step forward. Even if it's that baby step and, and, you know, just, Step in faith, whether you're afraid or not, and just lean on, lean on God that, that uh, he has your best interest at heart.
0: As a health and wellness coach, Gordon Walker Jr. assists his clients in losing weight, gaining weight, or just being fit. He also helps with meal plans. You can reach him at 302-990-8907 or you can visit the website at numa twenty four dot dot com. That's numa twenty four at goherbalife dot com. What's up, everybody? You are listening to the What Now podcast, where we discuss ways of effectively addressing life's most difficult moments. Hey, what's up, everybody? Welcome to the What Now podcast. That's right. The What Now podcast, where we discuss effective ways of facing life's most difficult moments. And we know by now, if you've listened to the show more than one time, and if you have not, that's fine. I'm going to explain it again. We have taken out that word difficult and we have replaced it with defining why, because we have the right, the authority and the responsibility to define those moments and not allow those moments to define us. My name is Petty John. I'm a purpose strategist, author, transformation coach, and spiritual leader. I provide tools and strategies to transition you from merely existing to living a life full of purpose. And if you're asking the question, is he talking to me? Absolutely. I'm talking to you. All right, listen, we have another amazing guest on tonight and I want each and every one of you to sit back and enjoy tonight's episode. Zen fuse. Childhood was dark and tumultuous living under the shadow of an abusive father. Soon after she left her parents' house at the age of 18 to meet her now ex-husband. They were married for 20 years. They went down the same toxic path of their parents. Several years later, after having children and realizing that she didn't want to be chained to repeating the unhealthy generational cycles of her family, she started taking steps to heal and grow for the sake of her children as well as herself she went to counseling and started training in kung fu sansu then she started going to domestic violence support groups and became a self-defense instructor she left her abusive marriage and then became an advocate for other survivors of domestic violence and sexual assault. Her journey has been paved with hard lessons, lots of tears, and rays of hope. She has learned to turn her pain into a positive purpose. Her life's mission is to help empower others to take a stand in their life, to go beyond the fear beyond the pain and find their strength. She understands the struggle. She also understands the joy and freedom of rising up and stepping into your truth and purpose. That is her driving force to help other people. That is why she is creating a support system for others who are going through similar circumstances because she knows that, The importance of having a tribe of people to help guide you through the tough times. Because together, healing and joy is possible. Help me welcome to the show, Zen Fu. Zen, how are you tonight?
1: I am good. How are you?
0: I'm doing great. I'm doing great. I'm excited about this conversation. I believe that this conversation is going to help a lot of those that will listen to this podcast on tonight. Yeah, I hope so. Well, I mean, I guess they won't listen to it on tonight, technically, but I think you get what I'm saying.
2: I do. Yes.
0: All right. Okay. So now here's how we start every conversation. We're going to start with an icebreaker question. And tonight's icebreaker question is, with everything we have going on in the world and in our country, if you could push a button and eliminate one of our problems, or solve one of our problems in the world right now, instantly, which problem would you solve and why? Fear. Mm. Uh, Yeah.
1: If I could push a button and get rid of fear. I think that would solve most of the world's problems, you know, because um, all the stuff that's going on is um, it's based on fear, fear of other people, fear of other cultures, fear of, you know, what somebody may or may not do. And um, when people get really caught up in the fear that's usually in their own brains and might not even be based in reality, um, that's, that's where problems happen you know and if everybody's doing that
2: you know how can there be love and how can there be peace
0: that is so true and I like what you said about fear a lot of times fear is not really based in reality Mm -hmm. It's you know a lot of times it's a lot of assumptions it's a lot of misunderstandings and one of my big I tell people one of the things to combat fear and misunderstanding is communication. And, you know, just sitting down having a simple conversation, you can learn so much about another person from a simple conversation. So I definitely am in in agreement with you as it relates to fear. And I know we'll return to that subject a little later in the conversation as well.
2: Mm -hmm. Yeah.
0: So now, Let's get the conversation started. I always like, the show, The name of our show is What Now? So we like to focus on, you know, exactly what is going on right now. But I also like to give our listeners a little backdrop of our guest story. So I always leave room for our guests in the beginning to share some of their story. Uh, from whether you want to go back to childhood, your teenage years, however far you want to go back to what got you to where you are now so that everybody can have a general understanding of who it is that is sharing this conversation with them. Because what I find out is that a lot of people don't feel as if they can experience the success that some of the people they hear on a podcast, on a radio show that have written books that, you know, are doing seminars and nowadays webinars they don't feel like they can accomplish that success. But when they hear some of the stories, then they can connect with the stories to understand, wait a minute, if they can do it, I can do it. Mm-hmm. So I want to leave room for you to share with us uh, as much as you're comfortable with sharing concerning your past and what got you to where you are now. Okay.
2: Uh, well,
1: I'm pretty much an open book. Um, uh well, I'm an empowered healing coach for survivors of domestic violence and sexual assault and a self defense instructor so um, I got into that because of my own experiences with domestic violence and sexual assault. Um, basically, my story starts in the very beginning uh, growing up with an abusive father that's all I knew was abuse um, being afraid you know my my life is um, been in fear for pretty much most of it. So,
2: um, when I was little, um,
1: I, I was not safe at home. I was bullied at school and my dad was a karate guy. He, um, he taught karate for a while and, um, was very into all the martial arts movies. Um, made it very clear to everyone that he could take anybody down, that he was strong and, and um, you know, capable of violence. Uh, he definitely showed me that he was capable of violence. I was the easy target in the house. And um, so growing up, living in fear, you know, in all instances, you know, in school, you know, and at home, there was really no safe place. Um, and the only safe place that I had really was at my friend's house, uh, for a few hours after school, cause her mom was a babysitter. And, um, so that, that was like my little bubble of being safe and, um, and watching all the, the karate and Kung Fu movies and stuff with my dad, um, <clears throat> this was like in the eighties and nineties, <clears throat> excuse me. Um. You know, watching all of these strong guys do all these martial arts moves and stuff like that, I always thought that um, that it would be nice to be able to be strong like that. It would be nice to be able to defend myself like that and to not be hurt anymore. And um, but you know, all the, all the stuff that we watched was men, and I didn't really have like the female role model. Um, other than like Wonder Woman, you know, like the show back in the day. I don't know if you remember that.
0: I remember that.
1: <laughs> yeah. A bionic Woman was cool, too. But she wasn't like fully human, you know. But um, mm-hmm. but other than that, you know, it was just these big, strong guys. And, um, you know, But I, I wanted to be able to learn that stuff. But I knew that I wouldn't be able to learn from him um, just because, you know, we clashed so much and I didn't feel safe with him. So I figured it would be something that I would learn as an adult. And, um, so, you know, with very various instances of my life being bullied and, um, you know, um, being grabbed, you know, when I was a teenager, um, from a guy in a car, you know, outside my school and, um, you know, living in fear in those instances, um, um, I was very much
2: in a, in a bubble, like it's very
1: shy, um and you know, very fearful, um, not a lot of confidence, not a lot of self worth. Um my dad was uh made it very clear that uh, um, women, women were carrier and that women basically made to keep a man's bed warm. And, um, so, you know, not having a lot of confidence in being female, that was a big thing. And, um, so when I moved out, when I was like 18, first of all, I remember being surprised I even made it to 18. Um, and I actually, I wrote a blog on that, um, because like growing up, like we, you're being abused as a child everything is so like tumultuous and everything is you know everything is you know it's just about surviving and you know it's really hard to plan a future for yourself um when you don't see one you know when you don't know if you're going to make it to 18 and that was definitely my experience so then when I got to 18 I was like oh now what do I do like I didn't think I'd get here you know and then shortly after that I met my ex-husband in, in college. And um and I didn't see um the red flags with him of uh, his abusive behavior at first because it wasn't as obvious as my dad. Um, but you know, clearly I didn't know what a good relationship was. And um, you know, and I thought, okay, well, he seems quieter, you know, and you know, he doesn't hit me like my dad did. So I didn't see it for, you know, abuse. It was just, you know, after a while, especially once we got married, it was like, as soon as that marriage license was signed, it was like all of a sudden it it, it shifted, like all of a sudden, like I was his possession, you know, mm-hmm. and, and I just remember thinking it was an anger problem anger problem like air quotes (laughs) um (laughs) you know yeah because i i didn't know what it was i didn't have the language for it at the time and um you know and we broke up and got back together multiple times and went to counseling and there there was a a small period of time where it did get better and i thought okay cool you know we we went through the rough patch we're cool And then we decided to have kids. And again, it was like, once we had the first kid, then all of a sudden, like things shifted and went back to the way that it was. And I just remember thinking, "Uh uh-oh, now I'm really tied in, you know, like, what did I just do? You know, I had quit my job to be a stay-at-home mom and um, I was solely dependent on him. And, um, you know, I just remember feeling really stuck. And we ended up having a second kid and and again it it the the like the anger and everything just kept escalating, and there were drugs involved that you know he kept sneaking drugs, and that was the big issue with us and um so you know and I got to the point where I you know I had to tell him you know it's either the drugs or the thing and um and he swore up and down yeah, it's, it's all about family. So it's like, okay, you know, and, um, but like, during this time, um, how I got into Kung Fu was, um, my kids were little. And at the time I live in California, um, there was a lot of kidnappings and murders that were happening for like teenagers, teenage girls. And, it brought back that memory for me of when that guy jumped out of his car and grabbed me when I was 15. And, and I knew from that experience how fast a kidnapping can happen. And, and my heart broke for these girls. And I was looking at my children and I, and I didn't, I didn't want that to happen to them. And the fear that I had been living in for so long, I didn't want to pass that fear on to them. And also things were escalating with my ex-husband too. So it's a combination of all of those things. And um, there was one particular night where um, there was an argument with my ex-husband
2: and he was, um, you know, being
1: very loud and you know, he would break things and stuff like that and threatened to. Kill people and hurt people. And um, so I ended up leaving the house with the kids and went to his dad and stepmom's house. And so when they were putting the kids to bed, because it was pretty late, um, I was at their kitchen table crying and just, I felt like everything was falling apart. I was financially dependent on this guy. Um, I had two kids. I didn't know what I was going to do. I felt completely trapped and totally fearful. And I was just praying and just sobbing at the table, just like with my head down, crying, and just saying, "God, what do I do? I I don't know what to do. What do I do?" And and I don't know how to fully describe it. Like if anybody you know who um, has any kind of faith and and belief in a higher power, um, but in that moment when I when I prayed. Um I felt like God spoke to my heart and and I heard him say you're going to teach self defense. And I literally stopped crying cuz my head was down and I was crying and I just stopped and I looked up at the ceiling and I went what? <laughs> and then <laughs> like what, what what was that, you know? And and I heard it again, you're going to teach self defense. And then I was just like I literally st- started laughing. I was like, "What? Like this makes no sense." And um and like I couldn't wrap my brain around it because I like that was the last thing that I was ever expecting to hear, you know? Cuz like I was feeling at my at my lowest, you know? So broken and, you know, that was just really weird to me that 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 would be the answer. And um and then I just kind of stopped and I thought about it. And I don't I don't know. It was just some sort of a a piece that kind of came like this is it, you know? And I just kind of stopped and
2: I was like, Okay, all right, okay, I'll do it.
1: And then and that was the beginning of my kung fu journey. So um now that I had this order from God. That I didn't fully understand, um, but I felt like this was it. And I just basically just walked in faith. And I was like, all right, you know, I don't get it, but okay. Um, within about two weeks or so, um, I walked into an MMA gym and there was a bunch of guys beating the crud out of each other. <laughs> and I was the only woman, and I walked in. I was so scared. Like my, my legs were shaking. I felt like I was going to puke. I was thinking like, Lord, what am I doing here? Like, what am I doing here? Are you sure? You know? And, uh, walked up to the counter, my hands were shaking, but I walked up and I was like, I want to be a self-defense instructor. Can you help me with that? And he was like, sure, no problem. You know? And was telling me about it. And my hands were shaking as I was signing the paperwork, the waivers, you know, and, um, and then when I was done, I walked out to my car and kind of collapsed in there and was like, what did you just do? You know, like, (laughs) Oh my God. (laughs) you know, And, um, yeah, that was the beginning of it. And, um, so I started training. I, I, um, started training kickboxing and jujitsu and, uh, i uh, I was scared the whole time, every step of the way, like I felt so uncomfortable, it was awkward, you know be, especially being mostly the only woman there was a, you know there were some women here and there um that would train, but um you know there was a it it was awkward and and i'm not I'm not gonna lie like if any woman goes into this kind of training um it's not going to be comfortable at all and um And there were a lot of times like, um, especially in the beginning, especially doing jujitsu being pinned to the ground. Um, I would have to fight off panic attacks and, um, I was really scared doing it. And then I would, I would remind myself that I'm in a safe place, that they're not going to hurt me. And I would listen to the instructor on how to get out of the pin. And, um, and I just, went through it you know and whenever i would get that moment of fear and keep in mind this this happened so many times i can't count over the years between that and kung fu um i would stop and remind myself you know someone is is being raped right now you know someone's someone's being abused right now i'm doing this for them and then i would get up and do it again and um so um I I did that for a few months, but they're very point-based and it was very geared towards like the ring. And that's not what I was looking for at the time. It was, well, I wanted to be a self-defense instructor. And so everything I naturally wanted to do, I was told I couldn't do. And that frustrated me. And so um, that's why I ended up transitioning to Kung Fu Sansu, which is a military combat martial art, which is specifically to stop your attacker right away. And, um, you know, so it's like throat strikes, you know, eye gouges, you know, breaking the knees and, and all that kind of stuff. And, um, so that's why I transitioned to that. And, um, within a few months of doing that, when I found that I was like, okay, yes, this is what I'm looking for. And, um, within a few months of doing that, I ended up going to a domestic violence support group, um, which I had two different people tell me about. And when I first started going there, I didn't feel like I belonged because my my ex husband wasn't beating the crap out of me like some of the other ladies had been experiencing. So I felt like, you know, they were just going to look at me like I was whiny, you know, like mm-hmm. like like oh he's just yelling at he's he's yelling at me, you know, and like yeah I don't know if I really belong here, you know, and um and it wasn't until I started like talking about what I was experiencing and they I just remember them all looking at me and they're like you do know that's abuse right and I'm like huh just like yeah that's it's it's exactly what our abusers are doing to us you know just because he doesn't beat the crap out of you yet doesn't mean it's not going to happen and you know this is the kind of stuff that they do
0: Today is a great day to start your own podcast. Whether you're looking for a new marketing channel, have a message you want to share with the world, or just think it would be fun to have your own talk show. Podcasting is an easy, inexpensive and, and fun way to expand your reach online. Buzzsprout is hands down the easiest and best way to launch promote, and track your podcast. Your show can be online and listed in all the major platform directories like Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, and more within minutes of finishing your recording. Podcasting isn't hard when you have the right partners, and the team at Buzzsprout is passionate about helping you succeed. Join over a 100,000 podcasters already using Buzzsprout to get their message out to the world. You'll get a great looking podcast website, audio players that you can drop into other websites, detailed analytics to show how people are listening, tools to promote your episodes, and more. So start your show today by using the link provided in the show notes. This lets Buzzsprout know we sent you and it gives you an opportunity to receive a $20 Amazon gift card as well as it helps support our show.
1: And then I was like, "Huh, okay." You know, so then I started like listening to more, and um, we learned a lot about abuse. And that's when I—that's when I really understood like what financial abuse is. You know, keeping somebody stuck in a relationship um, mm-hmm. through the control of money, which I was experiencing. Um, verbal abuse, which I was definitely experiencing, um, and even the physical abuse. Like, physical abuse is not just you know, having the crap beat out of you. It's like, it's, you know, punching walls, by you, Throwing things at you, pushing you, um, stuff like that. And, um, which I was definitely going through all of that, you know? And the verbal abuse, you know, calling me names and, and like the mental abuse, emotional abuse, and, you know, all the things that you could say to a person to cut their self-worth down. And, you know, threatening to kill other people that I love, to kill himself. That's a form of abuse as well. You know, trying to keep somebody um, in a relationship through the threat of killing yourself. Um, that's absolutely abuse.
2: And um, so, you know,
1: going through that um, support group really opened my eyes. Um, Even spiritual abuse. That was something that I had never thought. And and I was absolutely experiencing that as well. It was like, Oh, we're married under God. You cannot leave me under God. You know, if you leave me, then you're an adulteress, you know, and and you know, God will look down on you if you ever try to get with anybody else, you know? Mm-hmm. And nobody else will even love you, you know, and this and that, and you know, you're ugly, you're this, you're that, you know, all the things that you can say to like put somebody down, um, I was absolutely right through all of that.
2: And um so, I remember sitting there, listening to the women talking in the circle, um,
1: one day, and as they were talking, all of a sudden, like out of nowhere, again, it was just like like when God spoke to me at that table. It was like there was a moment when all of a sudden it was just like, it was just like God speaking to my heart, and I heard, "These are the people
2: that you're going to." Whoa. like
1: like it got me like right in the heart and I was like and all of a sudden like everything made sense cuz like I had been training for months and I still didn't fully get the whole self defense thing but I was like cool you know and I was feeling stronger and more confident within myself which was great um but it wasn't until that moment sitting in the support group when all of a sudden it was like oh I am being called to teach other people like me okay that makes sense, you know, and that really shifted the way that I participated in the group um that shifted the way that i that I did my training um all of a sudden it was like, okay, you know it's not just regular self defense for anybody it's for people that uh have been beat down emotionally and physically and um, you know need to take their power back. but the thing is is I was still in it like mm-hmm. I I was still in it. And I remember talking to a lady, um, cause I went back, like most of the women that were there were court ordered. And so they would do their like 12 weeks and then they would leave, you know? And, um, but I went there voluntarily and I kept coming back over the course of like two, like between two and three years, something like that. So like, I didn't even leave my marriage right away. I was still trying to work on, it. I was still going to counseling with him and um you know and just trying to like the stuff that I was learning trying I was trying to make it work I was doing everything I could to make it work and um and I remember talking one day about you know the self defense and everyone thought it was great that I was doing it and everyone kept saying yeah we need you you know when you're ready to teach we need you you know this I wish that I had this you know this information I wish that I knew how to do this you know and um so I was talking about it one day and this lady looked at me She was like, you know, that's great that you want to do that and all, but like, you can't help anybody, you know, when you're still in it. And I was like, ah,
2: Mm. that
1: got me right in the heart. And I
2: was like, damn, she's right. Like, like, I'm still in it,
1: you know? And, and I knew I had to get out and, but I was scared. it's terrifying to try and get out of that you know and when you're being told on a regular basis that they will do everything they can to destroy you and they will do everything they can to take your children from you if you leave them um it makes it really hard to want to get out you know what i mean
2: a little bit
1: yeah so um eventually got to the point where he was doing like a lot of various different drugs, I didn't even realize it at the end. All the stuff that he was doing until after the fact, um, but he was on a drug binge for like a week and was getting really violent and really scary. And I just knew that I couldn't put it off anymore. That it was like it's like now or never, you know. I, I at that point it was very clear that I had to make a choice: either me and my children or him. And, um, in growing up, I always made a promise to myself that I would never choose a man over my children because that's what my mom was doing. You know, my mom saw the abuse that was happening with my dad and she stayed with him. She's still with him, you know, all these years later. And, And, um, and I just always told myself that if I was ever in a situation like that, that I would never let my children feel that way. And at that point it was very clear it was like, Okay, I'm choosing him at at the expense of my children. I can't do that anymore. And um so then I filed for a restraining order and filed for divorce
2: and um and that was the beginning of me being able to get out and it was terrifying.
1: But um but I did it <laughs> and um and I kept training and kept training. And I had my goal set, you know, to be able to get my black belt so that I can train people. And, you know, I started teaching self-defense and, um, you know, I just over the years, uh, um, just focusing on that. And, you know, every time I'd get frustrated or every time I feel overwhelmed, just remember what God's calling was for me. And even if I didn't feel strong enough to be able to do it, because so many times along the way, it's like, Well, who am I, you know, like, who am I to do this vision? Like, I I didn't feel strong enough. I didn't feel worthy enough. I didn't feel capable enough, but I just kept training anyways. And, um, you know, and then along the way, I volunteered at a domestic violence and rape crisis center and uh, became a trained advocate with them and uh, volunteered with them for we basically call it the ground zero of domestic violence and sexual assaults, like like right right after it happens and, and they, they go to the hospital and stuff. Um, you know, being there with them and letting them know what their options are and holding their hand if if they need um in the hospital. Um that that was a very interesting experience. I learned a lot. Um I also learned that that's not my calling is, is not foreground zero. Um, it did trigger me a lot. Um, it was healing and triggering at the same time, (laughs) Mm. you know, it was like, yeah, I, I remember one particular instance when I, when we were being trained on, um, on strangulation and we're at the hospital and a big room filled with like, medical personnel and other advocates and stuff and, and how they're, they're, they're changing their procedures on how to deal with strangulation. So like, um, you know, most people, you know, and me up until that point was like, you know, if somebody puts their hands around your neck, they you know, someone says, Oh, he choked, me, right? Well, the difference between choking and strangulation is choking is when you choke on food right? You got something in your windpipe, you're choking on food, that's choking. When someone has their hands around your neck, and their fingers are cutting off your air supply, and uh, that is strangulation. And uh, that is attempted murder. And uh, they're actively closing your air, and they're actively, you know, stopping the blood flow to your brain. And that is not choking. So, um, you know, teaching the advocates and the police officers and the medical personnel that, you know, when somebody says, oh, he choked me to really understand what is actually happening to them and to look for the medical signs that there's more going on because the thing with, um, you know, like strangulation, um, you know, when that happens, there's a lot of things that happen inside that you can't see on the outside and like bruising doesn't happen right away on the outside, you know, so. Um, so if anybody ever um, has any kind of strangulation thing happen to them, to absolutely go to the hospital and to get the medical checks done um, to make sure that there's not internal damage. And so I remember watching that and then realizing, like, oh my gosh, I could have like testified against my father for attempted murder. Mm. And. And, you know, and that had been years before when I was like 16, you know, and at that moment, it was like this big realization, like, oh, my gosh, that's what that was, you know, it just made it it just opened my eyes a lot, you know, and, um, you know, and and when you don't, when you tell someone no, and they keep trying to coerce you into it, you know, like, in in a, even if it's a boyfriend or a friend or somebody that you know, you know, that, you know, when they're not listening to your no and they're coercing you into it, that is not consent, you know, so it was stuff like that there was a lot of eye opening moments with myself um going through that training and um you know so it helps me to be able to work with with people now you know um to have that kind of insight, so I'm really glad that I had that experience um and it just made it even more clear that, that you know, like, Michael, the people that I that I meant to work with are people that um, are already out of the abusive situation, and, and they are wanting to heal from it. and in, you know, not in replace of like counseling or anything like that. Um, but to be used in addition to counseling. And, um, and then, like, I had started a, I it started a nonprofit organization with another single mom, but neither one of us knew what we were doing. <laughs> <I'll> be <laughs> honest, And uh, we were just trying to figure it out and we didn't get very far. And, and, you know, as we were working together, it became very clear that we saw things very differently. And, um, and it had been weighing on me for a while that it was time to move on. And, um, and so when I finally was like, you know, I resigned, you know, Again, that was another prayer to God. It was like, you know, give me a sign. Gave me, he gave me a sign from three different people, like within what three hours or something. I was like, okay. And again, I I didn't fully understand what his calling was for me because I didn't know what I was going to do after that. I felt like I had to do this with with someone, you know, like I felt like I couldn't do it on my own, Mm -hmm. and. Um and you know, so I was settling for this business partner relationship um because I didn't have I didn't have the leadership skills within myself and I didn't have the self-confidence to do it myself. And so I was compromising on a lot of things because of that, you know, and I didn't see it at the time. But when I followed, you know, God said, Okay, putting your resignation, I didn't fully get it. I was like, okay. So I did. And then shortly after that, I was talking to somebody and then she was talking about... uh, It was like a leadership training, like a transformational leadership training. I had no idea what that was. i would never heard of anything like that before. She really didn't give me that much information about it other than it could help me on the business side of things in my life. And... All I know is that when she was talking to it, all of a sudden I heard that voice again and it was like, This is what you've been praying for. And I was like, oh, I don't know, you know, like I don't know what mm-hmm. this is, you know. And and again, it was like, This is what you've been praying for. And then I was like, Okay, it didn't make any sense to me, but I was like, Okay, I I will listen, you know, I've gotten this far, I'll do it, you know. And then, so then, that's when I got into the leadership program, and that shifted that shifted so much for me. It was like it was like being unplugged from the matrix. It was like, "Ah, oh, this is what I do <laughs> like like, oh, this is how I'm holding myself back, and oh, you know and and being surrounded by coaches, which I had never had that experience before up to that point. And, Having people like hold you accountable and you know and the deep introspective work that you do to you know really uncover all the stuff inside you, um that was super eye opening so and then, as I was going through that all of a sudden again, it was like there was a moment where it clicked, and it was like, ah, so this this is what I can do." Like, like, it's not just self-defense, it's self-defense working with people that have been abused and been assaulted and, you know, um, and who are struggling to, um, rebuild their life and get their power back. And it's this as well, it's the mindset work and it's, you know, that healing, that inner introspective healing work, you know, to be able to combine the two. You know, because that 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 was my own path. You know, like it was helping me. You know, and it, it was like as I was going through my own healing, every step of the way, and I was like, oh, I can use this to help other people too. You know,
2: absolutely.
1: Yeah. So it's a very long
2: explanation of my story. <laughs> yeah, yeah.
0: No, no problem. I um <laughs> usually I interject you know, throughout the process of the story. But tonight, you know, I'm a person that goes with the flow mm-hmm. and I allow the spirit to guide and lead me in everything while well, I try and everything that I do. But one of the things with my radio show and with this podcast is that I'm sensitive to the flow. Mm-hmm. So tonight I didn't feel led to interrupt you and say, OK, well, let's, you know, talk about this and go here. I wanted you to get it all out. And I believe the reason why is because somebody needed to hear your entire process without it being interrupted. Mm -hmm. And even though, like you said, it seemed like it was, you know, a, a long explanation of it. People need to hear every part of your journey because somebody might be at your stage three. Mm-hmm. And they might be ready to give up walk away feel as if there's no way, no hope, no how they don't see themselves outside of the situation. But they, you know, click on the podcast and now they've heard your entire process. And what I do want to do, I want to go back to some different stages because okay. you hit some trigger words, uh, some trigger words that I like to talk about here on the show. The okay. first thing you said, and I, I wanna unpack this real quick because I know a lot of people feel like this. You were talking about the abusive situation with your father. Mm-hmm. And you were talking about being in the household and you said you were the easy target target. Yeah. What was it about you that you identified yourself as the easy target?
1: I was the girl.
0: Okay. Yeah. Okay.
1: Yeah. My um my dad was married before he married my mom. So I have an older brother from his first marriage that he, he never lived with us. Um, he was he's like 15 years older than I am. And then I have my other brother for, you know, with my parents. Um, and he's three and a half years older. And um, so he knew how to relate to boys. And he did not know what to do with a girl. And he's very misogynistic. And it wasn't until later as an adult talking to him and talking to my mom that I realized what a tumultuous, abusive relationship he had with his mother. And so there was a lot of deep-seated anger towards women. And apparently his mom wanted him to be a girl and was disappointed in him being a boy. And would say a lot of things to him and was very abusive to him growing up. And he just didn't know what to do with this female child. And I was a boy. Like, I was like, I didn't look like a girl. I didn't act like a girl. You know, I was climbing trees. And I was doing like, I I was so not a girly girl, but he still didn't know what to do with me i was the youngest and i was the one that told him that what he was doing was wrong and he didn't Mm -hmm. like that and the only way that i knew that he was doing something wrong was because my friend that i had mentioned earlier when i go to her house you know she was the first person noticed that i was being abused she noticed me and um and she was like that's not okay it's not okay for someone to hurt you like that and um So that kind of put that spark in me. Like it was like, oh, you know, this isn't okay. But like my mom and my brother in the house would say, just do what he wants, just do what he says. And, and, you know, you know, just to do everything you can to appease him so he'll stop, basically. But there was that part of me that was like, no, it's not okay. (laughs) Like it's not okay to treat us this way. And he didn't like that. And, um, and I'm sure that it made my
2: life harder, but at the same time, I didn't, I,
1: I had, I had that fighter spirit in me even then. (laughs) I don't know. Mm -hmm. Um, but yeah, I was the, I was a little kid. I was the little girl that was an easy target. And, you know, my brothers grew up and got to be bigger than him. You know, my dad's a big guy. He's like six, two, my brother one brother grew up to be like six, five, and the other grew up to be like six, three, you know? So they, and they had their moments with him when they, you know, the guy thing, the chest to chest thing, like, you know, (laughs) and, you know, I'm five, seven, but I'm certainly not big enough to take my dad on, you know, and he knew it. So
0: Okay. So, so the second thing you talked about that I, that I want to unpack just a little bit more too, was the mode of a survivor the mode of a survivor. And I find that a lot of adults that haven't dealt with, you know, the childhood trauma and and various things they went through as a child still have that mode of a survivor. Mm-hmm. They really don't know how to enjoy life. And, you know, it's always that survival mode. How did you begin to address Address that mold in your life so that you can transition from that to living life and enjoying life.
2: Hmm. That that's a good question. That like it gets so ingrained
1: in you. And that's where the mindset work comes in, you know, like the Mindset work is all about finding the things that's inside you that you used as like coping skills, like to grow up, you know, like for some people it's um, hiding, you know, or they completely like shut down emotionally and, um, you know, and they build up all these emotional walls, you know, and, um, you know, other people are angry. And so they express themselves that way, you know, everybody has their different things. But it's all based on on surviving, you know, like what what got us through those moments don't necessarily serve us as we get older and we're out of those situations. So when I started learning about mindset work, which, you know, really wasn't that long ago, it was like two years ago when I started getting into that, you know, so I had been living in, in that survival mode for that whole
2: time you know? And, um, just
1: the thing with like the mindset work with, with any, any kind of healing stuff like this, it's like, it's a, it's, it's a daily practice. A lot of people want myself included. was like, I just want to be done with this already. Like, <laughs> can I just like snap my fingers and be healed, you know? And right. what i What I realized is it doesn't work like that. That healing is an ongoing process that will last the rest of your life. And what I've noticed with healing is it's like with its layers, you know, like you work on this layer and and you make progress and you work on your mindset and you're like, okay, you know, hiding is not serving me. So I will will show up to my life. I will do this and do that, you know. And then all of a sudden, And like, I got this and something else will happen and we'll peel back another layer. And then there's like another thing to work on. It's like, oh, wait, I'm not fully healed with that. And it's easy to get frustrated with that and to want to give up. But it's, you know, it's baby steps. And what I like to remind people is like, even baby steps are steps.
0: Fit for sport, fit for life. NUMA Wellness and Spa offers mobile massage services. Gordon Walker Jr. specializes in deep tissue and sports massages. Massages range from 60 to 90 minutes. NUMA's hours of operations are Monday through Friday, 9.30 a.m. to 6 p.m. Happy hours are between 1.30 p.m and 5.30 p.m., Monday through Friday. During this time, clients receive massages at a discounted rate. Gordon also specializes in paraffin treatment, ear candling, mobile first aid, CPR, and AED classes, as well as mobile notary services. Coming soon, Zumba and yoga classes. For more information and to schedule an appointment, visit www dot numa wellness spa dot com, or email them at newmade seven eight one six at gmail dot com. Newmade is spelled p n e u m a d e, or you can call them at three zero two nine nine zero eight nine zero seven.
1: So it doesn't matter how small it is, you know, and, you know, even if it's just one, like some days, especially when you're like really deep in depression and you're feeling like really beat up by the world, sometimes just getting out of bed and taking a shower is like, that's enough to be celebrated. Mm -hmm.
2: That's okay. You know? Um, and you know, so it's like, give yourself, grace and to know that there's a lot of
1: steps involved and it's uncomfortable and um and it's it's all about the layers man
0: (laughs) i mean you hit something there you you talked about the healing healing is a process and like you said it's layered and and if we really take a step back and look at our life and the things that we need to experience healing from It took a process to get us to that state as well. Mm -hmm. And I think that sometimes we have been so impacted by that process that we just want, listen, say some type of magical statement, say some type of prayer, do something just to make all of that go away. And then boom, my mindset's changed, my life changed. I may even be uh geographically some changes have taken place in my life, and it's just brand new and it doesn't really work like that, you know mm-hmm. and I think that's the blessing of it too, because that's what shows other people that it is possible for them
2: mm-hmm.
0: and it shows them the work that's connected to it because you're talking about the mind that mind, man, that mind is so powerful but it's also packed with years and generational cycles that have to be broken. Mm
2: -hmm. Yeah.
0: So so my next question to you would be, you were talking about the time of your training and I, I love this part of this. You were talking about the time of your training, no matter what you just kept on training, even though you were still in the midst of it, you still kept, You stayed, you were trying to work on it. You still were training yourself and conditioning yourself. And what I like about that was now you were beginning to build a principle or a kingdom within you that was opposed to what the norm had been. So even though you hadn't left yet, you were laying the groundwork for leaving. Mm -hmm. How important was that for you? Because I feel like that was like, Monumental for you, even if you didn't realize it at the time, because it's like you were strengthening yourself to leave, and many people aren't doing that process, they're not strengthening themselves to leave, so that's why they keep you know staying and repeating the same cycles over and over. So how important was that space and time for you when you were training, but yet still found yourself in that situation yeah
1: uh. That was huge. And, and you're right. When I first started training, um, I didn't realize that it was giving me a foundation to leave. And, yeah. that you know, like I, I wasn't like, I knew that I was not happy in my relationship, but I was still in that mindset of, you know, we're married under God. We got to make this work, you know, more counseling and this and that. And then, you know, God said, okay, you know, teach self defense. And I was like, huh? Ah, okay. You know, so I wasn't even in that mindset of me even leaving at that point. And, um, and, and I realized that not everybody is in that, the position that I was in because my ex-husband was okay with my training at first. Cause I don't think he thought that I was actually going to stick with it, mm-hmm. you know? And, um, and he was the one that had told me about Kung Fu and cause he knew somebody, you know, that had trained that and his brother was a Brown belt and, you know, so, and he knew that my dad was a karate guy. And, and so like I had said over the years, you know, that'd be cool to learn, you know, but never really trained. And, um, so he had been telling me about it for so long that finally, when I was like, all right, I'll check it out. He was like, okay, cool. You know? And, uh, and he went with me for like the first month or so, and then he stopped training. Um, but I don't think he thought that I was going to get serious with it like I was. And, um, I don't think I, I didn't, I didn't tell him about that prayer to God, Uh, you know, like I didn't tell him necessarily why I did that, why I wanted to do that. It was like, all right, you know, I want to check it out. And he was like, okay. And then it wasn't until I started getting good, then he was like, whoa, like, he really had a problem. with it. And then um, there was a time that, because, you know, there were moments, you know, when things were pretty chill with us. And there was one time when I came back from class and I was like, yeah, he was like, what'd you learn? And I was like, oh, something cool, you know, and I showed him the move and then he stopped. And he took a step back, and he looked me up and down. And he goes, "Whoa!" I was like, "What?" He goes, "You're getting good." Like, like there was concern <laughs> in his voice. He was like, right. "Like, uh oh, you know, like what did I just do? Like, what did I just allow happen? You know, allow yeah. It happen?" Yeah, and I'm I about kinda, to lose
0: power. That's what he was. Yeah. He was like, "I'm losing power."
1: Yeah, there was a definite shift that evening, and um, and then all of a sudden it was like. Oh, well, you know, you can't go, you can't train because you need to watch the kids. Or I don't like your instructor. I think you said, you know, and I don't like you working out with these guys and blah, blah, blah. You know, and there was always something that was going on and always, you know, then there was a lot of battling with him. And he would take my my gym bag with my, and my gear and stuff in it and he would hide it so that I wouldn't go. So eventually, I just showed up to class. I was like he took my stuff again, but I'm here, you know, <laughs> like, and um, yeah, it it wasn't easy to train during that time, but um, um, I think I lost track of what your initial question was. But I
0: mean, you yeah. you answered it like yeah. I was just basically pointing out, you know, how you were gaining the strength and how yeah. important yeah. it was, and then when you just basically explained. You know how he realized that he was losing power yes. in the midst of it, even though you wasn't recognizing it yourself, yeah. he was recognizing it. And I just wanted to point out that principle because I want everybody to understand that even if you still find yourself caught up in the situation or you feel as if there's no way you can break out of the situation, there are trainings that you can do for your mind. For Mm -hmm. yourself physically, for yourself emotionally, psychologically, whatever it is that you need to do, begin to train yourself and prepare yourself, you know, because it's going to give you the strength to do what you need to do when the ability, when the time comes for you to be able to transition. So that's Mm -hmm. what I wanted to point out. The next thing I wanted to point out was listening to you talk, all I see are here. I guess I would say here is a faith faithful, like in every stage of your life, it required faith out of you.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Where did that foundation of faith come from? Uh, and with everything that you were going, that was going on in your life, how did you not lose faith in God or, or you know, the high, your higher power?
1: Uh, well, um I mean, we went to church occasionally when I was a kid. Um my mom would take my brother and I um not regularly. Um basically when we would start going regularly, my dad would have a problem with it and then he wouldn't allow us to go. Um and so I had that foundation when I was little to to know that I felt safe in church the church was a safe place. When I was about 12, 12 and 13, um, I had a friend that invited me to go to church and it had been years since I had gone. And so I went with her and, um, and again, it was a safe place for me to go. It was a way for me to get out of my, get away from my dad. And, um, and I had like a strong faith during that time of, you know, um, realizing that it's a spiritual battle and cause I was suicidal too at that point, you know, and I came really close to ending my life when I was 13 and uh, right before I was going to go through with it, uh, it just hit my heart that, you know, it's a spiritual battle. And if I do this then Satan will win and I had enough of a spark within me, it was like, I can't let him win, you know? And so, um, So I've always like, you know, even if I didn't go to church regularly, I always had that faith within me. And, um, you know, and even like during the early years of my marriage, we went to church a lot. And, um, you know, and that's what kept me in the marriage for as long as it did, honestly. And I think, I think the church, I can't speak for all churches, but I think that it's important for churches to realize that um, just because you're married, like, doesn't mean that it's a godly marriage. And that they, mm-hmm. you know, because I think the general blanket statement is, you know, you know, like the man is the head of the household and the man is in charge kind of thing. And, you know, you got to do whatever you can to make it work, but like nowhere in the Bible does it say, you know, to put up with abuse, you know? And Absolutely. and um and that kept me in my marriage for way too long was the the spiritual thing, you know, the stuff that I was learning in church. And when, you know, I had a conversation with our counselor, um, he's the one that pointed that out. He was like, nowhere in in how he's treating you is biblical. Like, you know, like mm-hmm. like you know, and then that really opened my eyes. Um but as far as, you know, just going to faith, you know, because I was such a rock bottom kind of place that it was like, I don't know what else to do. Like, I've right. been going, you know, I've been going to church. I've been going to counseling. I've been doing this stuff. Well, God, what do I do? Like, like, it's not getting better. Why is it not getting better? And, um, so when he told me that it, it came with a piece with it that I hadn't felt, you know, and it was like, okay, I'll just do it. Like, I didn't know what else to do, but okay, you know, <laughs> like, I'll listen.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And, um, and every step of the way there was that, that inner peace with it, you know, like, you know, like, if it's from God, there's not confusion, and fear, around it. you know? It's just like, you know, there, even if you don't understand it, and, and
2: just feel like, like that peace with it, all right, just
1: take another step forward and something that do want point out is like every step of the way i have been afraid mm. none of it has been easy it's never been comfortable i am still uncomfortable <laughs> you know yeah. things still don't always make sense to me um and i think people just we want to make we want it to be easy we want to be able to just like Go ahead and do something, you know, and like, whether it's in faith or not or whatever, you know, like even if it is in faith, you can still be afraid, and mm-hmm. still make that step forward, even if it's that baby step, and and you know, just step in faith, whether you're afraid or not, and just lean on, lean on God, that that uh, He has your best interest at heart, and He He can see the big picture. I can't. So of course I'm afraid. Yeah. Like, I feel like, I feel like every step of the way I've been walking in, like, it's like darkness, like not darkness isn't like, like oppressively, you know, but like the, like, I can't see my next step kind of thing. Mm -hmm. Like I know that there's a step there, but I don't see it. And I'm Mm -hmm. just blindly putting my foot out and trusting that that step will appear, you know?
0: Awesome. Now, What I want to do real quick is I want to give you the opportunity to give everyone your social media handles, your website, and how they can contact you. If they want to want to sign up for your classes or want to sign up for your coaching programs, give everybody as much information as possible to get in touch with you.
1: Okay. Uh, Yeah, I am on Facebook. Under Zen Fu, that's Z-E-N and then F-U. Sounds terrible when I spell it.
2: <laughs>
1: but, you know, I, you know, I, I teach under Zen Fu because Zen is a nickname that my friend, Mandy, the my childhood friend that I was telling you about earlier, she called me Zen back in the day when I was like eight, you know, and I do Kung Fu, you know, so that's where that comes from. But, um. So I am on Facebook under Zen Fu. Um, it's my, my logo that has, it looks like a, it's like the Zen circle. That looks kind of like a wave. Um, Cause ocean is my thing like water. And, um, and then I am on Instagram as well. Um, that's also under Zen Fu, but it's Zen underscore. Fu. So, uh, and again, it's the same logo. So, you know, that. It's the right place. And um and I do have my website as well. I don't have a lot of stuff on my website. Um it's kind of bare bones right now. <laughs> but um it's Zen and then the hyphen foo dot com. So it's like Zen and that line foo. Um I do have a blog. Um, I do put my, my blogs on there. Um, so it does have a blog section. I also am publishing my blogs on medium.com as well. So if anybody likes to read blogs and is already on medium or interested in that blog site, um I do have my, my Zenfu account on there to to read my blogs. And um so let's see. Um so they can contact me through um like Facebook or Instagram. Um I also have an email
2: connect.with.zen at gmail
1: dot com. Um so um they can contact me that way. It would probably be easier to see messages like on Instagram, honestly, or Facebook. Um so yeah, as far as um my programs and stuff, um I am working on getting a program launched right now. Um the goal with that is to basically um like my my goal with my program again is to mix the self-defense training with the mindset training and the healing training, right? And to be able to combine the two. So, um so my goal with the program is to work with women survivors who are out of their abusive relationship and are committed to their healing and moving forward in their life. So they get the empowerment of the self-defense, which will help them feel, uh, you know, like like competent and empowered within their body and to be able to like, like take their power back and to be able to do like stress relief and stuff with that. And then the mindset and emotional work too And uh, it's a group setting. So there is the support group aspect of it. So there will be other survivors there. And, you know, so people can connect in that way. And um, so as I'm building this program, uh, my, my first run at the program is going to be October, November and December. So it'll be a three month program. And uh, it's basically kind of like my beta testing group. Like, you know, building it based on what their needs are, you know? Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, what is it that you want to learn? You know, what is, you know, what are these things that you're struggling with? What is, you know, how do you want to feel at the end of it? And then building the program along with them and their needs. So that I can get a feel for um, what to be able to provide for my, my next programs, you know, like programs like build on each other, right? So right. the goal is to make it like a six month and year long program, that kind of thing. Because when you're talking with like this kind of healing, yeah, it's going to take longer than three months to be honest. Absolutely. But, but that, that's a good base to start with, you know, yes. to be able to build that longer healing program. So that's what I'm working on right now. So if there's anybody that is interested in that or that, um, you know, um, know somebody that would be interested in that then absolutely yeah i would love to support you with that and um um
2: uh, let's see i was going to say something else as far as um um yes yeah, so they can they can they can reach out to me like
1: on instagram in regards to that as well So. I feel like I'm forgetting something like there was something else I wanted to say, but uh, (laughs) it'll come to me in a second.
0: Okay. All right, great. Now I want to ask you one last question. Sure. And that question is you've given us a lot over this hour, but if everybody was to forget everything that you said, what would be one thing that you would want them to take away from this conversation?
2: That you are worthy to live free from abuse, that you are loved
1: and that you, you can do it that just remember to take it one step at a time. And it's okay to be afraid while doing it just keep moving forward just keep trusting God and trust the process.
0: Awesome. Awesome. Listen, Zen, I want to thank you for joining us on tonight. Thank you so much for freely sharing your story with our listening audience. As I told you before we came on the air and I said it in, in the beginning, that I know that those who took the time to listen tonight, are going to be in a better state than they were before they listen, or even more connected with who they are. Self-aware, with um, self-aware with themselves, <laughs> they're going to be more self-aware. And in gaining self-awareness, they begin to connect even more with their purpose. Listen, guys. Here's what I want you to do tonight. I want you to text Faith Walk. Two three zero two six four eight five five four four 648 Again, 302 648 Why are you doing that? First, it lets me know that you took time to listen to this powerful conversation. And then second, it gives you an opportunity to enter into the drawing for our giveaways. I appreciate each and every one of you for listening on tonight and for the support that you give to this podcast. Listen, y'all, y'all make this podcast. I appreciate y'all. I value your thoughts. I value your opinions and your feedback. If you ever have a show idea or you know someone who you feel would be a great guest on the show, even if you're out there, you're listening, and you have a story that you're ready to share, all you have to do is email me at info at CliftonPettyJohn.com. dot again, info at CliftonPettyJohn.com. And as I always say, create a great day, walk with purpose, and by all means, execute your vision. Peace. Many people define stagnation as not producing or being at a standstill. I get it. However, I would like to add a little weight to the definition and say that I may be producing. I may be moving. However, my production and my movements are disrespectful to the purpose that's inside of me, to the greatness that's inside of me. If that's going on, that's stagnation as well. And that's okay. Guess why? Because I have developed a tool. I wrote a book called From Stagnation and Transformation. And that book was written specifically for individuals that feel stuck that feel lost, that feel like they're just wandering in the wilderness, that feel like they just, I need something is just missing. It's okay. I want you to head over to com forward slash transformation. There you're going to find a complimentary portion of the book. That's right. A complimentary portion of the book. I want you to read that portion after that Forward slash transformation.